I have been torturing them to do that for <laughs> months. Thank you very much. We look forward to the next time. Start planning. It was pointed out to me that this announcement in your bulletin, or that there's an announcement in your bulletin that says uh, something about a retreat that's coming up in January, but doesn't tell you where it is. It's in Napa. I forgot to tell you that during the announcements, but you can write that on your bulletin. I don't know how you feel about the Thanksgiving holiday. For some folks, it just it's a uh, it's a formal expression of gluttony. You know, we just all get together and we eat a lot and we sit around and we eat some more and we watch some television and we sit around and we eat some more and by the end of the day we just feel bad. I was at Friday, I was, uh, I was gathered around a campfire with some people actually and as I was sitting around this campfire, um, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute, but while I was sitting there, there was a couple ladies talking about how much food they had eaten the day before and how they were just trying to get by today and not have to eat anything more, just let it all get, get on through. And I'm thinking, ladies, kind of careful about where you're going with that. <laughs> but it's one of those interesting days where we formally agree to overeat. As a nation, we all agree we will get more food than we need and eat more of it than we should. I don't know how many calories we normally take in, but I'm betting it's close to doubled on Thanksgiving. So how are you feeling? Have you recovered yet? Do you still have mashed potato hangover? It's right here. Kind of feels like mashed potatoes, too. In my house, it's become a tradition for me to do a lot of cooking. It started because I was the only one in the house who knew how to cook the bird. But it's become a tradition now that I do a lot of cooking on Thanksgiving, and I begin to really, really enjoy it. I used to do it with my mom when I was a kid, and now as an adult, I do a, a, a great deal of it, and I really enjoy it. It's one of the fun things I, that, about Thanksgiving. I'm not, the, the stressful part of cooking is not the cooking. The stressful part of cooking is making it all stop at the same time. <laughs> right? I've got, I don't have that part down. I need some ladies to give me some tips. I just can't seem to get that part down. But... What I love about this is, it, it is that it is a reminder of who we are. That um, Survivor USA started a couple hundred years ago with some folks escaping persecution in Europe and coming to the U.S., and it truly was Survivor USA because they didn't know that they were going to make it. In fact, they weren't very sure that they were. When they finally had that food at the harvest at the, uh, in the fall and they decided it was time to gather and celebrate, that, that was truly a triumphal, we might make it through the winter sort of a celebration. So what you did on Thursday was you gathered around your table, you looked at your family and you said, we might make it through the winter. And then we ate like bears going into hibernation. It's also a reminder that we need to come back and touch bases with our family on a regular basis. 
you know, Israel did this. They were, they were prescribed return moments for the families. You would go for a feast on a regular basis in Israel. And when you returned to the family and gathered around and feasted for whatever reason, there were several of them spread throughout the year. In each one of those cases, you were supposed to, biblically required to celebrate. Do you realize what a bummer it is that we don't have very many of those in Christianity? Maybe we should do more from week to week. Maybe every Sabbath should be a little more celebrating and a little less cerebral. You know? Sometimes if we don't get something that's brand new we've never thought of before on Sabbath morning, then we're like, well, nothing happened. Do you know how much pressure that is? But I do think there should be some celebrating. Oh, brothers, let's go down. Down to the river to pray. Sisters, let's go down. Let's gather together as a family of God and lift one another up. Celebrate the blessings that God has given us. As we gathered today, we celebrated the communion. We call that celebrating communion. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself what those words mean? What is a celebration? You can answer when I ask questions. What is a celebration? Something happy, it's, it's a party, it's a supper, it, it, it takes a lot of different forms, but the idea is just something joyful, right? So we celebrate communion, so we, we gather together to celebrate, and what does the word communion mean? Fellowship, connectivity, community. So what's interesting about this celebration, we have... We have thought about it in a lot of ways, mostly sacred, but we have never thought about it in simple, practical terms of what we're doing. In the simple, practical terms of what we're doing, we are celebrating, we are engaged together in some sort of a demonstration of our, of our joy in connected to an idea of community. Community not built on relationships of blood in the normal human sense but a community certainly founded on a relationship in blood, in the spiritual sense. I was reading for my devotion, 2 Corinthians. I would not suggest, if you're kind of in a little bit of a downer mode, unless you just need somebody else to be down there with you, that you read 2 Corinthians from 10 to about 13. Because it's Paul going over and over with the Corinthians about how bummed he is about how bad they're treating him. If you need to go there, go ahead. You can go check it out. But, so that was my devotion. I was reading along for my devotion, and I'm like, man, this is really a bummer. Lord, can we go somewhere else? How about we go to the Proverbs or the Psalms for a little while? But I just was working my way through, and I'm reading through, and I'm reading through, and I finally got to the end of the book. And Paul, literally, he shifts gears at the end of this book dramatically. He goes from... You're killing me. You guys are killing me. You're always hacking on me. Quit doing that. When I come to you, you say to me that I'm not really harsh on you because I'm harsh on you in these letters. I don't have to be harsh. And this is literally, that's the tone of the whole section from about 10 to 13. And then he shifts gears really hard. And he says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It's like... He's hammering and hammering and hammering away, and then he stops, and he just concludes with this very pleasant sort of last three or four verses. But I do want to remind you of the last line. 
If you don't, if you have a, a King James Version, it will say, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I said, oh, oh, I get it. That's why we're reading this this morning, Lord, aren't, it? aren't we? Because I had read the passage and I was reading along and I, I wasn't reading in a King James Version. I was reading in another version. And as I'm reading along, my mind immediately read the King James. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. And I read in my mind the communion of the Holy Spirit. And I went, that's not what it says. It says fellowship. And suddenly it reminded me that it's the gathering around a corporate table to take the emblems of the new covenant that is binding us together as a family in fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ upon us. Praise God for His grace. The love of Jesus. That one thing, that love of God that is the most defining characteristic. And the community, the communion, the connection, the fellowship that binds us together in the Holy Spirit. Drawn together as a family in these three things. Do you have the grace of the Lord for others? Have you given the grace of the Lord to yourself? Have you accepted it for your sins? Have you experienced the love of God as it flows out from Him to you and through you to others? And has the community of the Holy Spirit drawn us to oneness? Fellowship is defined as friendly association, especially with people who share one's interest, one interest. We become who we are in the reflection of those from whom we form our perceptions of love. We become who we are in the reflection of those from whom we form our perception of love. So in connection with one of our family members is a reflection of a perception of love. You know what I know about Carlene? She's the cute one. That's correct. You know why I know that? Since I met her, she's told me that was the case. And in the smile on her face and the easy laugh that she carries around, there's a perception of love. And in the bond of fellowship with the ones around us, there's a reflection of a perception of love. When it's our tight-knit family group, it's a, it's a perception. And it's a deep perception at home. But as it spreads to those in our church family, that perception takes on many more facets. And it's many brought... It's made much broader by all of those other perceptions of love. So in the church, in the binding of this family, in the communion of the Holy Spirit, reflecting the love of God covered by the grace of Jesus Christ, is a perception of love that's forming who we are. I don't know if that's cool to you, but it's very cool to me. In Thanksgiving, we always have the same response. I am thankful for. Good thing to say, right? I am thankful for Jeff Wickham. Thankful for him because he's one of those people in your life 
that will always greet you with his hand out and a smile on his face. I don't know if Jeff is always happy, but I know Jeff always greets me with a smile. And that smile is always uplifting. It's always uplifting. I am thankful for Alan Sanders. Because Alan Sanders is one of those people who puts his hand on my shoulder. He doesn't always say anything. But placing that hand on my shoulder has such great meaning. And I could go through the congregation and I could pick you out and tell you why I'm thankful for you. And that's amazing and that's wonderful. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul says this, always strive to do what's good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I I could probably also pick a couple of you out and and say some things that I was thankful for because it builds my character. (laughs) Maybe if I thought long enough. Be thankful in all things, in all circumstances, continuously. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Joshua Becker. Remember I told you several people sent me thankfulness things this week. In a little devotional that was sent to me by Steve, it said, it covered several elements about this, but this was the key thought. What if rather than just asking, what do I have to be thankful for? We also began asking, what do I want to be thanked for? At the end of my life, What would I like to be thanked for? At my retirement party, what would I like to be thanked for by the people I work with? If I had to move from the church, what would I like to be thanked for by the people at my farewell? If I were present at my own funeral, what would I like people to get up and thank me for? If at the end of today I knew I were going to be thanked for the things that were done, what would I want those things to be? Would I want them to be those things that build people's character? Some of us are gifted at it. <laughs> what would I want to be thanked for? It kind of sets a different idea around this, doesn't it? What is the purpose of my life? What would I want people to be grateful they had known me about? If we turn Thanksgiving around and we stop saying, I'm thankful for fill in the blank, and instead we said, what I'd like to be thanked for at the end of my life is this. I think it would transform what we do. In another one of the things that I was given, uh, one of the authors said that that he tries to think of 20 things every morning to be thankful for. He said, sometimes it's just that I have a car and that I'm not walking. But he tries to remember to thank God for 20 things every day. This is that longer quote from Dr. Townsend who said, The cure for entitlement, neuroscience has shown that our words matter in how we form our attitudes. You can be aware that you are grateful, but that awareness is much less impactful than when you say the words in relationship with others. So here's the deal. By simply saying thank you to two or three people around you, it touched me to do that. It changes who we are. 
to say thank you. It changes who we are to consider what it would be like to be thanked. Just a couple of things I've mentioned here today. I've already got your wheels spinning. You're kind of saying, okay, what would I want somebody to thank me for when I, when I was done at the end of the day? If Jesus had a list, if he was writing a list and your name was on the top, and when you arrived at heaven and you walked through the gates, Jesus was standing at the door and he said, oh, oh, Lexi Cox, here are the things I'd like to thank you for. What would you want on the list? Ultimately, we live our lives as representatives of the character and meaning of God. We are an extension of who He is in the world. May the grace of God, may the love of God, May the communion and fellowship of God be with us all. Amen. May the grace of Jesus Christ, may the love of God, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in us, with us, and out of us. Let's pray. Father, there are many things that we are. At least once a year, we also are thankful. Today, Father, I ask that you would help us to see what it's like to reflect your character. To consider the Apostle Paul's admonition to be concerned about everyone to pray for and lift up everyone and to be thankful in everything. Lord, we desire to have ourselves conformed to your presence and your likeness. We ask that you would do that first by giving us a heart of thanksgiving. We celebrate this holiday each year and we enjoy it. And we're we're grateful for placing within us an interest and a passion for celebrating. Today, Lord, we ask that you help us to see our way forward to have thankful hearts each day. I pray your blessing upon our church. As we enter the holiday season, may may it all be tied to you. In Jesus' name.